Let's uh, go. <laughs> did you watch? Please tell me you watched. <laughs> I did. It. Yes. Did, did you, JJ? I, we're on I, episode of three hundred and forty-six. If we were gamers, did you watch it? I saw the thing, but only the thing. <laughs> oh, you didn't click on it. Click. I watched the skit. Okay. Oh, okay, that's, okay, that's, okay, what, that's what I meant. I didn't I thought see you did the whole show. show. No, 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 the the, skit the whole the show was funny, but the skit was the best part of the show. I watched it because you, Pedro. Pe- Hello and welcome to episode three hundred forty-six. <laughs> if we were gamers, a podcast where JJ. Yes, hello. Michael. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> and, well, you're, yeah, well, I mean, you, you've returned. And uh, I'm Andy, and we uh, forget to intro and instead start talking about hilarious dystopian versions of video game TV shows. I honestly would be more excited to watch that Mario Kart show than the, show than the Last of Us show. Uh, People say the Last of Us show is very good, but I just have no interest. Like, I just... I- I, I, I don't. I don't know why. I don't think that's a value judgment based on something I haven't seen. Right? I haven't watched that show. I'm just saying, if you forced me to sit down and watch a trailer for The Last of Us, and you forced me to sit down and watch that trailer for Mario Kart from uh, Saturday Night Live, I guarantee you, I have interest in one over the other. Yeah. How, what happens if you fall off the road? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get oh. you to the Rainbow Road. It's so it's, good. It was very funny. Uh, man, but uh, I don't watch a ton of Saturday Night Live, but that must have been one of their best skits in a while because, wow, that was that was pretty amazing. I think um, I didn't realize how much... They have an effects team, I guess. They like spend money They on must them. have spent yeah. some money on that because that... They, that don't, they don't use them very often, but yeah, every once in a while, they'll pull them out for uh, for something big. Some sort of marquee, yeah. All right, JJ, we have to tell you a slight story and give you a question at the beginning of this podcast that you have roughly 30 minutes to answer at a maximum. Okay, I'm going to start the timer or wait for the story first, then start the timer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. It's a rough, it's rough. You can interrupt the podcast at any time after this question and say that you have the answer. Okay. Okay. Um, do you have a number two pencil and graph paper? Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> do you get your TI-83 out? All right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we, Michael uh, was kind enough to come over for dinner. My daughter has been exposed recently. My oldest has been exposed recently to video games in a more whole sense not just dad plays video games but um you know video games creep in at school other kids are playing them and uh we've been busting out some dos games we've talked about on this podcast uh she's played uh uh some of the super solvers like treasure mountain and uh she played oregon trail this past weekend and um you know she made the point that like i also want to play some other types of games i was like okay i tried donkey kong tropical freeze and she loves it she's only beaten one level it takes her a long time but you know we all go man yeah dude we all go through this phase you gotta start somewhere yeah we we all go through this phase right where there's nothing i can really do to help her other than let her get reps in right (sighs) so she laid on michael that uh she her favorite game is donkey kong country tropical freeze because you know she knows five games uh we're we're introducing yeah. them slowly 
yeah, uh, yeah. the world is small uh my other one's favorite game is uh excite bike because <laughs> it was one of the easier ones for her to control uh so she man that's she, a real choice excite bike <laughs> the deep oh you know i had to find something with like here's the controls up and down you know oh no yeah i'm not judging for, yeah. you for introducing the game to the kids yeah. like uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know and maybe there's a lot here they don't know <laughs> <laughs> they're picking an excite bike <laughs> We all well, got to start champion speedrunner in, you know, in, in, uh, in learning, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to learn that she really loves excite bike. Could be, could be, uh, so she squares Michael up across the table, looks him dead in the eyes and says, Donkey Kong country tropical freeze is my favorite game. Michael, what's your favorite game? No, no qualifier. Just what's your favorite video game? Mm hmm. Michael, to my surprise, (laughs) Michael, to my surprise, was teed up. Michael had the record ready to go. And he goes, Breath of Fire 2. Breath of Fire 2? Yeah, man. Okay. So, so here begins, here begins the debates. No, here begins, here begins the story. And I I wanted to do the intro, but Michael gets to take it from here. So... It, you know, it, Andy made Andy made a joke about Breath of Fire Two being clearly the best of the four, um, and we I don't know ref- if that's we, true. Ooh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, okay. To be fair, I don't know, man. Hmm, I haven't played any of those games in a very long time, and I don't know if I played four ever. Okay, so uh, so we riffed on that for a second, and then I I posed the same question to Andy. Um, whoopsie doodle not not realizing what what box i had just opened I so just about to say 90, like 90 paralyzing minutes later, decision <laughs> 90 minutes later Nine, well um, the, i think we were you, in the office 90 settled? minutes later yeah <laughs> i think had you actually settled on what your final choice was i think we settled into the fact that there were too many um ideas for how you could pick and so in the office i finally just said you know what? I think it might be StarCraft. Okay. I think was, the... it's, it doesn't feel right, but it, it also seems to be the only answer I can think of that fits most of the criteria that we were also discussing that could mean favorite game. I don't think there's any criteria per person that defines favorite game for everyone, right? Like Michael just yeah. said, hands down, he could pick it up and play it no matter what. I would I wouldn't necessarily choose certain games to play on a desert island. I don't think certain games have the best graphics. I don't there's certain games I don't think are my favorite that I've played more than others. It's just nothing really fit the bill until I really kind of settled on like StarCraft seems to fit most of the criteria for things that I couldn't decide on. So it's a decision by default maybe. You know, all this is such a tough thing to decide. I can understand why this is a tough thing to decide if you don't have like a clear cut winner, because it comes down to your personal choice, right? Sure. And Absolutely. you may or may not prefer certain types of games, certain styles, certain things over other things, have certain memories about some games that make them more or make you more interested in them than others, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and, you, you get and, some time because yeah. I it took me. It took I think me a I have long like, time. 
three that I'm going to have to pick between now. And I don't well, know how I some... would ever possibly decide this. <laughs> so have to... But but a child has asked you and you must answer. Yep. Yeah. I never told okay. her. I think that I finally decided no, she you had didn't. gone to bed. She, she had to go to bed. <laughs> leave, leave the parents a mystery to the children. Uh, that's a good point, JJ. Yeah. Well, while you're discussing that, we have some interesting component class to do today. Um, and they're mostly fiddly component classes because we've entered the fiddly phase of things. None of us are building a computer, thank God, right now. Although, uh, Michael, did you see the review for that new fractal case? Whew. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. The uh, fractal north uh, seems to be giving giving the meshify a run for its money. The torrent still seems to be doing the best. And the Lee and Lee land cool seems to be doing the best. But uh, it stormed out the gate with some uh, wood and leather and weird looking sides and all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, don't build a computer over it, though. Anyway, well, there's no single component to take on today. There is, however, let's say the first one is troubleshooting. Uh, Michael, Always an important skill when building a computer? Oh, yeah, troubleshooting is an important skill at all times with a computer when you have built your own. Building or not building. Yeah, or any uh, computer. <laughs> building or, or using, right, you know? Um, and keen rememberers of this podcast will uh have a memory of last two weeks ago when uh i bumped a red box on my desk that connects my microphone to my computer and it blew out all the audio on my computer we've had a similar issue that now i think means i can't ignore that there might be an issue somewhere today i was plugging in a USB-C cable and my speakers popped Ooh, that sounds not good. Got to be yeah. grounding, right? It's got to be you grounding, so. right? <laughs> so, so just so people know, speakers popping is is a function of power, right? Like, uh, it's a it's a interruption or over spiking is the easiest way to describe what's going on. Speakers speakers work based on on variations in voltages of sine waves and all that, right? I don't know the best way to describe this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, I like grounding is such a weird, especially concept. with especially with digital speakers, not analog speakers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anywho, uh, popping sounds in general tend to come from grounding uh, issues or you know power related issues. Uh, we thought we had got the popping because another audio device had been disconnected from the USB hub and went through the um, audio. It's not a DAC that's built into the computer. What is it? It's a, what do they call that? The audio portion of your motherboard. Um, Oh, okay. Like the, uh, the odd, what is that thing? I know what you're talking about. The little like chips and stuff on Mm -hmm. the side that do audio. It's the audio chipset that does the audio processing. It's not a DAC, but it's something else. Uh, see, this is why we're talking. Anyway, yeah, those those things take digital signals, so no, they're not DACs, right? They expect right. digital already by the time it gets there. Yeah, digital analog converter would be a DAC. Um, 
So the problem, however, seems like it might be related to a USB hub situation if I'm plugging in a USB-C cable on the front of the case and the speakers plugged into the back of the case pop. However, the thing that caused the problem before is also still plugged into the computer. So component class today is not necessarily JJ Michael solved my issue right here live on the pod, the podcast. The component class today is, hey, y'all, we are our own IT departments. And how do you go about solving an issue like this that might just be fine to leave alone, but also maybe would be better solved, right? Like there is a chance plugging something into a USB, if it is a USB problem, could damage something if there's a grounding issue. Yeah, or or you risk it, you know, the minimum, the chance of burning out either the USB or speakers hub or the USB controller on the motherboard potentially. Yeah. Or, you know, any other number of things. I think the important thing to figure out first, rather than trying to like, since you have so many different parts here. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can, uh, the brute force method, I like to call it, which is like write out the truth table, right? It's like all the, all the cables across the top and on and off. Right. Yeah. And try every single combination to figure out which ones work and which ones don't. That's the brute force method. You can do that. It will work. You will find the combination that fixes it. Mm -hmm. But that's a hassle. The better thing is, is there maybe a uh, apply Occam's razor here? And maybe there's just one problem. And the problem is the case. Oh, you think it's not grounded to the case? The case or the motherboard is not grounded. Right. And so as a result, everything is not grounded. Oh, mm, interesting. I would not have uh, thought to be start like there. a electrical. What's the floating ground? Isn't the right word. I don't know what the right word is. I'm not I didn't do good in my electrical engineering classes, shouldn't but I know case, enough to be dangerous. Couldn't it shouldn't a case be grounding? Well, you want the case to be ground. But that doesn't mean that it is unless you have done that. The power supply does that. Yeah, you would hope, right? It should. It should, depending on how your power is coming from the wall or other things, those grounds may not be meeting where they should, right? Huh, okay. So you'd think instead to work beginning at the larger source of the problem rather than the minutiae source of the problem plug something in somewhere else and see if it does it over time. That's the other one of these things is, um, do you have time to do things over time? Right? Like, uh, I have a story for another time, not this podcast, but about like an expanding battery. Like in that case, you don't have time. You need to like deal with an expanding battery, but like this issue clearly has not burnt out my motherboard. It doesn't happen daily. Do I have time to take my time? Which is going to make doing some of the approaches more or less feasible, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, when solving any problem, honestly, this can apply, right? If you look to see if there's like a potential root source for many different potential weird issues, right? Because you said it sometimes affects things in the front. Sometimes it affects things in the back. And that leads me to think it's an overall thing as opposed to just like this one panel or just this one USB connector. But it could also be, right? I guess it's it's very hard to know, right? Yeah. 
we're not planning to break out multimeters and stuff here, right? Like, I was, I was just going to ask if, if he had one handy. It could be useful. It, it would be for testing. And I mean, look, you'll figure stuff out very quick. You try to touch something and you see sparks, you'll know. What am I? <laughs> wait, so what would I be trying to touch with what? Hmm. Well, if you think that something isn't grounded, right, okay. you can measure between a point that you know should have voltage and the ground and it should read some number right like if you know if the i don't i don't know like the usb power line is supposed to be five volts i think i think so so if that if if you touch that one and you touch your ground wherever the ground is and it reads five you're good if you're talking about pulling pulling apart cables to touch things like usb uh you'd be you'd be touching the pins on the cables right like a USB cable, just plug in a USB cable and run a multimeter into that? I'm a little confused as to what I would be accomplishing here. You, you'd be determining that the ground works, right? It's like, oh, okay, is this, is this thing grounded? Like, does the ground actually work, or is it some non-grounded value? Because if you read the multimeter and it says 5 volts or whatever it's supposed to say, you know the ground is working, right? But if you read it and it says something other than five volts and assuming the thing is on and yada yada. But like you would get, if you get like 3.3 or 4.7, something is up, right? And the ground has just a bit, just enough of not ground on it that it's not grounded all the way out that could cause potential problems. So a motherboard's usually grounded through the case from the power supply by touching the screws to the case through the motherboard. So... So, like, you know, did you outfit rubber grommets on screws? That seems like something you might have done. Oh. Hmm. Good question. Could that, could that prevent the transmission of electricity across those screws if those were the only points? Maybe. But also, like, there's no proof that that's even the thing. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Right? So, like, and especially with audio stuff, right? Like, audio is... Mm, I guess I'm thinking analog audio more, but like analog audio is finicky because so many things can affect it. Right. Right. And you know, the problems you're having here are digital, but they really seem like it's, it's once it connects to the computer, right? Like you don't, they don't have issues before or after it's only when that plug-in happens. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is the point when the connection is being made. And when the when you would see a problem, right, like a a transfer or, or you know, hmm, I wonder, impedance? No, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, it's so. Uh, so when you're yeah. operating on on an assumption, right? We all had an immediate assumption. Right? It's grounding. It's got it's got to be grounding. Is our first all assumption? Starting big. Sometimes start with the biggest things is the cable going, you know, change the plug port, right? Go to a different spot on the, uh, search protector, you know, make sure the case isn't the, uh, motherboard's not connected with rubber stuff like that is the big stuff to try first. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Are you interrupting or are we moving on? No, not yet. I'm still thinking. All right, Michael. Yeah. 
I don't understand GitHub. Explain it to me. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I understand it that, to explain it either. <laughs> ah, well. Uh, hello, it's me, the oh, GitHub user. The, the professorial hat has come out. <laughs> so, JJ, I ran into an issue today. Archive.org has a uh, zip it now feature, which is very nice. It'll zip stuff for you if that's somewhat large and put it all into a full uh, zip file and you can download it as one big thing. That's um, convenient. Yeah. Once you hit like a hundred something gigabytes though, they, they will no longer do that. I don't particularly want to torrent something. The biggest suggestion that I could find was to do wget, which is a GitHub program that people have made. Is W does W get you W get G I T or W G E T W G E T. Okay. Does Which it I think is use bi- GitHub? Well, so I think the scripts do like you can write your own W get with. Yeah. Okay. Python or whatever. Sense. I think W get just gets anything from a web server and you can get whatever you want. Okay. That makes sense then. And so this one isn't getting something from GitHub somewhere. Well, so GitHub has, uh, they say, get wget2, which is some sort of pile of scripts that they've turned into a program. So you can just sort of tell it where to go and it'll do stuff for you without you having to write Python scripts. Yeah. With the wget command. But uh, when sense. I go to GitHub to figure that out, I just see a bunch of files that doesn't explain what the heck I'm looking at. Yeah, but like, what are you trying to do? That's the real question. <laughs> this is why there's a disconnect between the people that create and use GitHub and the rest of us. <laughs> you just want to like generically know how to download some files from GitHub? That doesn't seem very useful. No, you, that's you what need I'm to saying. Know which files specifically you're looking for. Right. So the wget2, right, that was the specific example I was using. They have a giant repository. There's 500 files in the wget2 repository so how do you know what to do with it and how uh, like how it works and all that sort of stuff i mean are you trying to use wget2 to get something else yeah 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 to be able to download things in a sequence from a web page right like let's say you have a bunch of pdf files that have been uploaded to a web page and they're just hyperlinked there you click each one to download them or you can get wget to download 500 of them i see what you're saying okay gotcha but when you um, they, people just point you to place and they're like, it's here on this thing. And it's like, that's cool. I see all the parts of a V8 motor on the ground here. Um, how do I put it together so I can use it? I mean, the answer to this is like Linux commands and scripting. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that answer, but that's kind of what it is. I, I think the real answer for you is if you want something specifically from GitHub, is that what we're talking about here? G-I-T-H-U-B? Uh, that's where they said to go to find this wget scripts so, so that I could use it on archive.org to download a list of things. Got it. I see. Okay. So the, the actual thing itself is not on GitHub. Because no. Because I was going to tell you that GitHub, you can just, has a button somewhere that will allow you to download the entire project of whatever it is mm. as like one big thing, whether it's a zip or a tar or so where is that yeah i don't even see that sometimes Uh, there's a button on the web page somewhere that does that yeah 
but it just gets you all the pieces of the thing, right? That doesn't help you use the thing to do something else. Right. Uh, for that, you need to read their documentation and <laughs> do what they say and probably know a little bit of programming, unfortunately. Okay, so GitHub is for programmers is the answer to my question. I, I mean, GitHub is a storage for code. That's what it's for. So it Michael, stores code. Michael, uh, back in layman's uh, territory with us, uh, have you ever had to do something like this where it's like 500 PDF documents you need to download? Uh, and do you have a solution? No. Interesting. I've hmm. never, no, I've never really had occasion to uh, to need to like consolidate something of that size. Supposedly, like Firefox and Chrome have extensions for something called download managers where you can point them at them. I just am I'm anti extension in general. I was going to say someone has had this problem and probably automated it that way, but I, yeah, I, I understand being anti the extensions. You never know what they're doing. I never know what she's doing back there, you know? More meatloaf. Ignore the man behind the curtain mining <laughs> cryptocurrency on your computer. More meatloaf. Uh, okay. All right. So, uh, not knowing what people are doing behind the curtain, Michael, you know what this is about. Oh, I think I do. <laughs> are, we, uh, are we kicking down our own logo, breaking the fourth wall? Uh, spoiler alert before we get going here, in case anybody cares about She-Hulk spoilers. I think I have to pick Baldur's Gate 2. You did it! There it is! I was there the interruption, is. and I like it. There it is. Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah, Shadows of Om. I think I have to. Although, like... I wish I could categorize it and pick like a couple different ones for different categories. So, Michael, I was wrong. But, he landed on my side of the fence on the, I'm going to say there's nine answers, but we were both right that he was faster than me by quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I only have like two or three I would want to pick overall as o favorites, but oh, I think if your... I have to pick a single one, it would be that one. What were your others? If I could divide it into like PC and console games, then it would still be Baldur's Gate 2. And then I could pick like, I don't know, like Suicoden 2 or like Final Fantasy 7 or something for like console games. See, sure. this is where Michael started hitting me with like, but what about Civilization? <laughs> yeah. So like, I, <laughs> I, I get that. It, and if I had if I had to pick a Civ, it would be the one that like I I played the most of and liked the most, and that'd probably be five. Oh, I think I still would pick. I think I still would pick Baldur's Gate two over that one. I had a really hard time saying not Civ three because I played Civ three for years. Civ yeah, five too. I played. But... I played a lot of Civ five. Oh yeah. And not as much yeah. four for whatever reason. I don't know. Ah, four just fell off as soon as Civ Five came out. It was like this is better, you know. Yeah, I just yeah don't know why that one worked, but I think that would yeah. be how I would do it. And then like you know, then if you could subdivide it more and pick different ones out of different <laughs> genres, that get like Mario uh -huh. in there and uh -huh. Zelda and some other stuff, and gosh knows. But yeah, I think if if I have to do that, that's what I have to pick. In the the childlike way, I have to evaluate things childlike. And in the most, just give in an the answer. most, yeah, you can't, you have to just give her an answer. Baldur's Gate 2. All right. Baldur's Gate 2, Shadows of Om. There it is. All right. And I did, I did two, like the expansion, but yeah, two, I mean. Two PC games in the top three here. Yeah. I mean, it reflects, you know, the games I played a lot when I was a kid. It was like those early kind of era PC games and PS1 RPGs. 
Starcraft, buddy. I don't know what you're talking about. I played quite a lot of Starcraft 2. You know, uh-huh. I'm not like uh, also Starcraft 2, but Starcraft also. <laughs> Starcraft as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but all three choices from uh, from a formative time in our lives. Like 95 to when is Baldur's Gate 2? Yeah, Baldur's Gate 2 was early 2000, 98? Maybe it was 98. And let's see, original StarCraft would be like 90... Mm, 2000, Baldur's Gate 2. Baldur's Gate 2. StarCraft's like 99 maybe on release? Uh, StarCraft StarCraft 2 or... No, no, StarCraft StarCraft. 1. Original StarCraft. StarCraft 1, I think, was 96 or 97. I think Brood War was 98, which is the important thing. Okay. Well, and then Breath of Fire 2 is like 94, 95. 95, almost 96 for for North America. Okay. So interesting uh, little, we're all the same age and we all picked games roughly the same time. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah, so we could into is 95 also. Yeah. So. Makes sense. Well, kick down the logo, Michael. Break into yeah. your TV, walk through Disney Plus. We uh, we finished our our Marvel TV series catch up with the uh, last few episodes of She Hulk that we hadn't seen yet. It was, um, you know, it felt it felt to me for all. <laughs> what happened was, um, I'm having a great time. It mm-hmm. felt to me for a lot of the a lot of the season like it was sort of tongue in cheek, like, hey, we're setting something up. You guys mm-hmm. stick around because we're setting something up. And you just you just sort of felt like you were waiting for the other shoe to drop, like, OK, get on with it. I don't know. Maybe that was me. I I think I enjoyed that it itself pokes fun at the obvious Marvel plotline of everything is a setup for something that all pays off in one big thing at the end. Yes. That said, I don't know how successful it was at doing that. I think it was tongue in cheek enough that we got it before the like, how long can them trolling during the ending go on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And yeah, like they they brought you they had brought you into the gag enough that you were willing to go along for the whole ride. Like the gag was a good amount of of the gag all the way through it, right? There was a lot of making fun of I mean, they made fun of Hulk, they made fun of Abomination, they made fun of Wanger 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 Uh they did a good job of poking fun at Marvel and poking fun at the people that are too serious and poking fun at the people that are hoping everything is some sort of master plan payoff. Um, I don't necessarily think I disliked it, but at the end I was just kind of like, eh, okay. 
Interesting yeah. that we're like hitting an actual reset button and not just like walking back into the show and being like they kind of undercut their yeah. own finale. They, they definitely undercut, right? Seemed and like so, they undercut their own finale a little bit. Yeah. And so you get to the end and then you're like, oh, okay. Well, the stakes like they didn't care. You clearly didn't care about the stakes. Why do I have to? Right? And all of a sudden you're just kind of like, oh, okay. Like you know, the entire I don't know, not the entire time, but for a lead up in that part. Right. She keeps talking about like, I just want to do this like little lawyer show thing. Like that's the whole thing that they're constantly talking about. Right. She doesn't want to be this superhero. She doesn't want to do all this stuff. She just wants to do a little lawyer show. And so that if that's their premise and this is the end, right, that she just did her little lawyer show. And so then doesn't have the big Marvel fight scene at the end. Like, OK. But it does, you know, you thought there were stakes and there were not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I will say that I thought Tatiana Maslany was a perfect choice for that she did great it was cool for side characters and it was definitely held up by personalities that didn't get enough attention in other instances especially like tim roth the guy's an amazing character actor right (sighs) i think that's part of my again part of the issue with marvel overall right is that they suck at developing the villains and so when cool actors sign on and play villains you don't get to see a lot of them because marvel sucks at letting the villains have stories <laughs> yeah that's that's one of the reasons why black panther is one of the better movies oh because 100%. of killmonger yeah because he's not just he's not just the villain thrown in there to be to be beaten by the hero right he has a backstory and actual stakes and you kind of you kind of feel for him for for where he's coming from, if not the way he's going about it. Yeah, I can see that. Black Panther does a lot of, of things right after a movie previous to it, where it was a lot of like needing to get characters places like a, a lot of Marvel tends to be. And maybe this didn't happen in She-Hulk and maybe that's part of what made it good. Marvel seems to need to get characters places. But We're going to have to use this movie to move this person from there to there or to have something happen to them. Yeah. I mean, this is the problem with having a planned story arc for the whole quote unquote universe, right? Is that you have to, if you know the pieces and where things have to go, they have to get from a to B. And if you don't have a good logical story and way for them to get from a to B all the time, then you get what happens. You're going to see those strings being pulled. Well, uh, speaking of strings, uh, JJ, can you set up like trip wires or do you often use a garrot? What type of strings are there to, to, uh, utilize in Hitman three? Uh, yeah. I mean, stethoscopes are pretty good as, as like a fiber wire. It is in this game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You can look. Uh, so I've been playing, uh, Hitman three, but more specific than Hitman three, I've been playing the new freelancer mode. What the heck is that? You guys, I think Hitman three is on game pass. You should go play this thing. I'm looking right now. You continue. Hitman three. Uh, first off, they changed the name of the game. It's not Hitman three anymore. It's called Hitman world of assassination because you get Hitman one and Hitman two now for free. As part of the thing, there's just all three together, all in one thing. Okay, they don't, no, hmm. not separated anymore. Great, huh? Why'd they do that? So, 
Uh, the answer to that is so that they can do this, which is Hitman roguelike. Okay, so there's two things huh. I see in front of me here. There's Hitman 3. There's Hitman Free Starter. And there's Hitman World of Assassination. World of Assassination. Just get that. Don't need anything else. Huh. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know. You have Game Pass. You get all of it. I don't know. I don't, you figure out how it works. Um, but so Freelancer is this new mode that they added that utilizes all the maps across all the Hitman games and creates a roguelike out of it. Uh, you play, obviously, as 47, the Hitman guy. You have a safe house that you go back to in between missions where you're unlocking cool furniture, you're unlocking like new weapons and items, you're unlocking guns, you're unlocking... So you unlock all these various things. But crucially, so in like the normal Hitman games, you go into a map, the targets are preset, the targets have, you know... Uh, you have to kill this specific person, you have to kill this other specific person, and you have to get out, right? And those are usually the ways, or maybe you have to take this item and then you kill this person. Sort of pretty basic type of objectives. But meanwhile, there's like 10,000 other people on these maps going around doing their little programmed lives. And this takes advantage of all of that. And the target can be, you know, they give some like uh, intro, like, ah, oh, the syndicate criminal networks have really gotten out of hand and anyone could be doing it. It could be anyone anywhere. Who knows? Ah. And, and so then they're just justifying why like a random person on the street turns out to be your hitman target now. But, okay. It, but it is. And you go into this map and it could be anywhere. It could be any person on the map is now your target. You have to figure out how to kill them and get out. Right. Or potentially two or three. Or how does that play into there. the, uh, the previous games being part of this? Because you get to use the maps from the previous games, right? You can go to Sapienza from Hitman 1. You can go to uh, Men uh, sorry, Argentina from Hitman 2. Didn't those games to... have stories, though? Yeah, but the stories don't matter in this mode, right? It's just anyone. Yeah, oh. you're just using but... the, the map that already exists. You're oh, but I was the, I, okay, so when it says you get Hitman 1, 2, and 3, you're not actually playing Hitman 1, 2, and 3 stories. Well, so it, the maps you could, only. though. The stories exist right as you could play the story mode and those campaigns are all still there you can still play those maps that way in freelancer mode though you're not doing any of that okay in freelancer mode you have uh you know you pick you have a, you have a little world map in front of you you get a choice of a few different missions you pick one it gives you a list of objectives like optional objectives that earn you money uh you know oh be a silent assassin which means no one can spot you or don't use any guns or poison the target or use an explosive or you know, all these various different potential objectives, right? You complete any of those objectives. Also, there's some payout just for completing the mission in whatever way. You get back, you get the money. Money can be used during your uh, progress of your campaign to buy guns, to buy weapons, to buy tools. Uh, you know, if you... Oh, I, I really want to have a lockpick, right? Okay, I can buy a lockpick from a dealer. Uh, crucially, though, all the dealers are in the maps. So you have to go <laughs> find them hmm. while you're on a mission. Did you just shoot a guy and you're running away? Do you have time to stop at this dealer and ask him if he has sweet guns? Like, maybe not, right? Um, and 
when you fail your campaign mission, and there's a few different ways to fail, but when you fail the campaign mission, you lose half your money. Ooh. Also, if you die on a map, all the stuff you brought with you is gone. Did you bring a fiber wire with you? Did you okay. bring a gun? So it's Did um, you bring all these other things. You just lost. It's them. a what do they call it? It's a Tarkov like. I mean, it's a roguelike, right? Well, but no, yes and no, right? It's like if you finish the map, you get to keep all that stuff, right? And then you could bring it to the next map. So this is a Tarkov like where it could be a lot lighter version of it. But um, the DMZ in the new Warzone is like this where it's like you have a bunch of missions on a map. You get to take in a loadout of stuff. And if you die, you lose it. Yes. And then you have a main base. In the main base, you get to change up what you're taking on the next mission, find out what your yes. missions are, etc. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you you, yeah. you don't get to keep everything you bring back from a mission, right? Yeah. You may mm-hmm. bring back you may bring back scissors, you may bring back certain kinds of guns, and those are not uh you can't bring back to your base. Uh but all the guns that and items that you can bring back usually have labels on them and if you see ones that have rarity tags like common, rare, epic, <laughs> legendary you can bring those ones back and you can keep them at your base and put them up on your sweet wall of guns or whatever until you decide to take them down and use them again but once Mm -hmm. you take you know once you have brought it back if you take it out with you again and you die it's gone it's gone and that includes ones you get as like rewards for leveling up right oh i leveled up to level 14 and i unlocked a sweet golden silenced assault rifle uh awesome a I die in a mission with that rifle. It's gone. <laughs> um, can now, you, because uh, the ra- can you do what they do in all these other versions of this, where you can like insure them or no do stuff like that? So you, if you no. lose it, it's like you can recover there is, it. There is no way to get it back except to find it at a dealer and buy it again. Hmm. So it's it's equipment permadeath. Yes. And, you know, the you lose half your money when you fail. Uh, you can fail a single mission, right? But you don't necessarily instantly fail the whole campaign. But uh, when you fail a mission, the other missions now get harder, right? It says, oh, like the syndicate is alerted to your presence. And so there are going to be more guards, more people that can see through disguises. You know, people are going to be faster to pull the trigger on you and just like start shooting when they see something is up rather than, you know, let you sneak away or whatever. Uh, it's tough, man. <laughs> but it's really, really cool. Really cool. Because this is like the infinite Hitman generator, right? Where these maps before were like so fun to play around with because there were always so many interesting, like scripted ways you could kill. These but I things. remember oh. you said out loud that you wish you could just play the maps with different missions. Yes. Well, here we are, right? <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Like, it was so cool that you could kill this guy who was the golf pro, like, f- five different ways, and they had these cool story kills and stuff like that. Well, you don't get any of that with this, but you have to kill the guy who is the caterer to the party, and he just walks back and forth in a banquet room with 10,000 people. You figure out how you're going to kill that guy without anybody noticing, right? <laughs> um, and to my understanding, there is always a way, uh, but it just may not be, you know, easy um are these all def- scripted in so much as a person wrote them not scripted by the computer but like no or are it's they all, all ra- randomly random. generated 
the the maps themselves are the maps so they're not like generating new placement of people on maps um, i meant the uh, missions and how to accomplish them uh the objectives are randomized from a list and oh. the maps are the maps so they can't give you new maps but they can like give you different sets of maps together right okay oh, okay um there are some exceptions to the they aren't placing new people on the maps thing they do sometimes <laughs> um but you know, if you've played these enough and once you have died on them enough times, you have learned that like, hey, there are usually people here and there's no one here. What's up with that? Oh, this guy with this gun is watching me. I'm going to get killed. And then you do. Right. Uh, now, next time, you know, not to go that way and you walk around, <laughs> you know, this sort of stuff. Um, but it is a really cool mode. And so in, because, you know, it, you die and you lose half your money. But like. The only thing the money is for is buying guns and items and stuff in mission. Well, like, you don't need to buy any guns if you just take the stuff you want with you, right? What right. if all I want is the knife and the <laughs> fiber wire? I got those already at my house. I can just take them. <laughs> you know, you can always start with a fiber wire. You can always, uh, once you get enough mastery levels, you know, the other fun thing is like outside of the thing, you have your house, right? They call it the safe house. And it's like, as you level up, you just unlock more and more furniture and like outdoor, like patio areas. I have a boat. I have a helicopter. I have a motorcycle. I could, you know, change the art on all the walls. I can play different kinds of music while I'm walking around, you know, like, why would the hitman murder guy care about what art he has on his walls? But also, like, it's a pretty sweet painting. I kind of want to put it up somewhere, you know? And as you're unlocking those things, you'll notice, oh, this, when I put this drawer here, or like this set of drawers here, and I open it, oh, there's a baseball in there. I can take that baseball with me on missions now. Oh, this table set has a wine bottle here. I can take that wine bottle with me and throw it at people. Oh, this shed outside has an axe. Oh, there's a knife here, right? Like stuff like that. And so you get like little boosts, but so far, no guns. So like if the thing you liked in this game was shooting people. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And but it because of the like weird way it forces you to engage with, like you said, it could just be the random guy in the crowd that is the target now. Like you really have to engage with all the weird systems the game has in order to get that guy somewhere that you can murder them without the entire group and the entire party seeing you. So it, it's been really, really cool. I'm I'm digging it. Well, uh, I'm going to hit this download button as soon as we don't ruin the podcast by slowing down my internet. Uh, man, That's probably smart. We did not get. I have only even more stuff to. We have not gotten to talk a bunch. <laughs> I have so many component class questions for you guys, but we'll save them for next time. We'll save them. We'll save. Them. Hopefully there's an update for you uh and we all find out it was grounding. Uh we'll have some cool videos of I don't know, maybe uh how do we get Baldur's Gate 2 in there? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. On youtube.com/what at we were gamers yeah we also have uh a podcast you know this is like not just a video it's also a podcast you can download yeah. that 
folks, you want to rate us on all those podcast platforms, five stars. We are worth it. And so are you. I like that you've added. And so are you. (laughs) Five star listeners only to this podcast. We know. Boom. Boom.